Hello there. I'd like to be your D-mentor. You may have had a mentor when you were younger. I know I did. She spoke Portuguese and played guitar and she was very tall. A D-mentor from Harry Potter is said to be among the foulest creatures to walk the earth. They infest darkness, filthiness, and glory and decay and despair. I want to be like that too, but in a way that's fun and educational. Welcome to my show. I am your host, CC, the man of many titles, the misfit mystic, the thief of theology, Cosmosis Jones, the shaman of shame, the dark knight of the soul, the wizard of wondering, the metamagus, and I'm also your host here at Chapel Perilous. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you have found my meeting place here in the subliminal realms of thought. This is the part of the dream that we are all slowly waking up together, realizing that we're having this dream, and actualizing all of our wildest desires. Thank you for allowing me to interact with the sacred temple of solace that is your mind. I hope you enjoy as my voice travels throughout the airwaves to wherever you are at, just to tickle all of those little hairs on the inside of your ear. I've been thinking about this episode a lot. I've done more writing and editing than I usually do, and I'm hoping this will come together as the most finished product of all the episodes so far. And as with all things, I hope that you all enjoy. This will be a bit more of a spiritual episode. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, welcome to my tribe of goats. And if you're here again, welcome back, you beautiful little kiddo, you. And guys, in an effort to grow the show and find new ears to hear this magnificent work, I know I'm really selling my product here, but, um, yeah, just, you know, share it if you think anyone will like any of the episodes or the topics we've covered. Um, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. Don't forget to like, rate, comment, follow, subscribe, download, and pass go to collect $200. It does help the show out and helps me get analytics because we haven't had enough listeners to get analytics yet. And it would be really cool if we did. Now, this show is something that I already had recorded once today. Um, I tried to record Monday and had problems with my microphone. Uh, that was the whole thing. Uh, we probably shouldn't get into. I'm already upset about it. But apparently it's fine. So there's no harm, no foul, I guess. And we're going to be moving on to, yeah, let's get started. Now the Dark Age now of the, the Kali Yuga has come. Plant the name. Plant the name of the One Lord. It is not the season to plant other seeds. Do not wander lost in doubt and delusion. So today we're going to be talking about Hinduism, which to me is one of the most interesting religions, and it's one of the oldest religions in the world. It's one of the most popular religions. About 15% of the world's population practices Hinduism. There's all different kinds of castes and uh, versions that choose to take different things. There's tons of different scriptures in Hinduism. It's actually kind of incredible how many there really are. Like, there's the Vedas, 
There's the Upanishads, Puranas, Ramayanas, um, the Bhagavad Gita, and the Mahabharata are the two that I'm most familiar with. And to be honest, I haven't finished either of them. So I have delved, I believe I've gotten like halfway through the Mahabharata, and I've also listened to just a couple chapters of the Bhagavad Gita, and that's about it. So, some vocabulary words for this episode. The first one is Brahman, and this is said to be the deepest single spiritual truth presented throughout the Vedas. And the Brahman is roughly understood in English as the absolute or divine, and it's what pervades the entire universe. This divine reality, or its essential nature, is present in all living beings, eternal and full of bliss. Brahman is understood as the cause of creation, as well as its preservation and dissolution and transformation, all done in a constant repeating cycle. So you'll notice that one of the things for the episode today is cycles. That's pretty much just going to be the rotating topic, I guess. Um, Sort of meta, I know. So, we also need to understand the word dharma, which means duty, virtue, morality, and sometimes even religion. It refers to the power which upholds the universe and society. Hindus generally believe that dharma was revealed in the Vedas, although a more common word there for universal law or righteousness is rita. So, in Hinduism, there are four dharmic ages called yugas. Yuga comes from a Sanskrit word meaning to yoke or join together. There's a lot of bull symbolism here. Um, the bull represents the Brahmin, and each Yuga, he loses one leg. So it's seen as slowly degrading and having a quarter less dharma. So the symbolic depiction is each Yuga as it changes the bull. Uh, loses one leg or gains one leg because it can also ascend some people believe so the most it can have is four the least it can have is one the one-legged bull represents the kali yuga which is the last age the main topic of today the satya yuga or the golden age is a time when people are directly connected to the brahman again this is the time when all four legs are touching the ground and next we have the treta yuga or the Silver Age, the Dvarpa Yuga, the Bronze Age, and finally Kali Yuga, the Dark Age. They're also sometimes referred to as the Priest, Warrior, Merchant, and Slave Age, and sometimes symbolically depict the Four Seasons, with the Kali Yuga representing winter. Many believe that we are in the Kali Yuga. So, one thing that I want to make clear here, before we even get too far, uh, this is not to be confused with the goddess Kali, or the dark blue one, the most powerful form of Shakti, which is essentially the primordial cosmic energy that is moving throughout the universe. It's different from Brahman because it's more like um, it's more like nature. I think Shakti is more like nature. Brahman is more like the spark of life in all things. The yeah, I think, I think, I could be wrong about that, but I think that's close. Uh, Kali is usually seen with, um, a garland of skulls around her neck, and she wears a skirt of severed arms, 
She's usually holding the head of her consort Shiva or standing over him in a pose of domination. Now, Kali, who we're talking about today, is a demon. From the root Kod, suffer, hurt, startle, confuse. And this is the reigning lord of the Kali Yuga and nemesis of Kalki, the tenth and final avatar of the Hindu god Vishnu. The demon Kali's father is Krodha, anger, and his mother is Himsa, or violence. He is seen as the source of all evil, the spirit of the final yuga, a time of degradation and destruction of spiritual values. Materialism, greed, ignorance, and blind hatred are held in high regard. Power is given only to those who have material wealth, and spirituality is not respected or valued. Many believe the Yuga began with the death of Lord Krishna on the 18th of February, 3102 BC. This date is quite close to what is thought to be the beginning of the Mayan calendar, and it is widely speculated on exactly when it will end, with some saying it will end in 2025 AD, and some saying it will go on until the year 428,899. They say the first place the demon resides is in places that people gamble. The second place is areas of active prostitution. The third is liquor and places where liquor is served. And the fourth place is where gold is stored. It is said that he created the war between the Pandavas and the Karabas in a game of Chassar. This is essentially what causes the story for the Mahabharata. So you can imagine Drupadi as the human body. She is married to the Pandavas, the five brothers that represent the five senses. Their first cousins, a hundred in number, the Karavas, are present in the form of the tendencies of the mind. If you've ever listened to it or read it, then I guess that little bit of information will make a lot more sense to you. If you haven't, it's really cool because it's basically an allegory to human experience, and it's just really interesting. It's written... I don't even know how long ago, and it's just a timeless sort of story that just tells of the human condition. So we can say that the human body and five senses are at war against the tendencies of the mind because of the demon. His age is the age of darkness or the age of ignorance. It represents a fall or degradation, a death. The time is marked with an absence of spirituality, greed, materialism, egotism, malevolence, and various afflictions of the mind and body. A discourse by Markandeya in the Mahabharata identifies some of the attributes of Kali Yuga. In relation to the rulers, it lists, Rulers will become unreasonable. They will levy taxes unfairly. They will no longer see it as their duty to promote spirituality or to protect their subjects. They will become a danger to the world. People will start migrating, seeking countries where wheat and barley form a staple food source. At the end of the Kali Yuga, when there exists no topics on the subject of God, even at the residences of so-called saints and respectable gentlemen of the three higher vamas, and when nothing is known of the techniques of sacrifice, even by word, at that time the Lord will appear as the supreme chastiser. With regard to human relationships, Markandeya's discourse says, Avarice and wrath will be common. Humans will openly display animosity towards each other. Ignorance of dharma will occur. Religion, truthfulness, cleanliness, tolerance, mercy, physical strength, and memory diminish with each passing day. People will have thoughts of murder with no justification and will see nothing wrong in that. 
lust will be viewed as socially acceptable, and sexual intercourse will be seen as the central requirement of life. Sin will increase exponentially while virtue will fade and cease to flourish. People will become addicted to intoxicating drinks and drugs. Gurus will no longer be respected and their students will attempt to injure them. Their teachings will be insulted and followers of Kama will wrest control of the mind from all human beings. All the human beings will declare themselves as gods. People will no longer get married and live with each other, only for sexual pleasure. Weather and environment will degrade with time and frequent and unpredictable rainfall will happen. Earthquakes will be common. Maximum age of humans will be 50 years by the end of Kali Yuga. Many fake ideologies will spread throughout the world. The powerful people will dominate the poor people. Many diseases will spread. At the end of Kali Yuga, Lord Vishnu will take birth on earth to wipe out the sinners. Some Shaivites maintain that the ill effects of Kali Yuga can only be moderated by the manifestation of Shiva himself. Shastriji, one of the followers of Hadakan Babaji, gave the following narration. Once Parvati asked Lord Shiva, her husband, You have done good work for the people in all ages, but I am afraid for the people in the Kali Yuga. How will they safeguard themselves? Then Lord Shiva told Parvati, I will appear in the Kali Yuga, and I will create a new state, a new center of religion, a most important place, where I will live and establish all the gods there. Shastriji went further to suggest that this promise manifested through the person of Hadakan Babaji. One of the central tenets of Hadakan Babaji's teachings is the message of karma yoga or hard work. In the context of Kali Yuga, he explained, As I have told you before, the thing needed in this age is work. In every age, people have reached salvation through different types of action and sadhana or spiritual discipline. But in this age, one can reach liberation only through hard work. I want real, practical human beings, and only he is a true human being who lives in accordance with this age. We need not consider religion or caste, but look only to hard work. The idea of cyclical time was understood by ancient peoples who watched the stars, the moon, and the sun for cycles of the seasons and weather. Cycles are a part of human life in more ways that we understand. Um... A lot of the ideas in this episode are going to be referenced in later discussions. The idea of cyclical time is also talked about in Chinese mysticism, with the yin and the yang representing two different intersecting time cycles. This idea is also talked about by Empedocles, whom Aristotle credited with being the first to distinguish the four elements, earth, water, air, and fire. He called these the four roots. He believed that these roots were equally balanced and eternal, but that nature was also influenced by two forces, love and strife, which wax and wane, similar to the idea of the yin and the yang. The four roots were present in all things, but the influence of love and strife over them was always in flux. Love was seeking to unify back to the roots, and strife was seeking to separate. New religious movement leader and the world's most infamous black magician, Aleister Crowley, believed in three separate time periods, or aeons, as he referred to them in his religion, Thelema. Each aeon is accompanied by certain religious and magical attributes. The first age in this system was the Aeon of Isis, which was believed to occur during times of prehistory and which saw mankind worshipping a great goddess, symbolized by the Egyptian deity Isis. 
Next was the Aeon of Osiris, which took place during classical and medieval times when humanity was dominated by patriarchal values and worshipped a singular male god, symbolized by the Egyptian god Osiris. Next came the Aeon of Horus, represented by the child god Horus, a time period controlled by the endless child god. In this time period, Thelemites believe humanity shall enter a time of self-actualization and realization. In his little essays towards truth, Crowley wrote, The Aeon of Horus is here, and its first flower may well be this, that freed of the obsession of the doom of the ego and death, and of the limitation of the mind by reason, the best men again set out with eager eyes upon the path of the wise, the mountain track of the goat, and then the untrodden ridge that leads to the ice-gleaming pinnacles of mastery. Lon Milo Duquet commented on the connection that the Aeon of Horus had to the Age of Aquarius when he stated that, yes, the Aeon of Horus is coincidental to what astrologers and songwriters call the Age of Aquarius and what millions of others refer to simply as the New Age, but it would be a mistake to view this new Aeon simply as another tick on a great cosmic clock. The Age of Aquarius, profoundly significant as it is, is only one aspect of a far greater new spiritual age. Are we living in the Kali Yuga? Surely we can see paradigms from the revelation given, but how can we be sure? Some believe that the Yugas are able to ascend and descend, and that the Kali Yuga could be transfigured back to the Dvarpa Yuga. Some mystics like Sadguru, for example, believe that we are not in the Kali Yuga, but that we are instead in the Dvarpa Yuga, what he refers to as the Electric Age. Or is it the Aeon of Horus? a time when Crowley said humans could actualize their true potential. This is going to lead us into our series, which I'm calling my new Nos... Not... Which I'm calling my new Gnostic Gospel, and which I will be stealing various ideologies from different religions and pop culture to incorporate my own cosmogony or um, philosymphony, maybe. Uh, philosymphony is a word I made up. It's basically a philosophy of symphonies, a symphony philosophy. So it's a bunch of philosophies that work together harmoniously. And if you don't know what Gnosticism is, we're not going to really delve into too much on exactly what it is because that's widely debated and the reason for that is that many Gnostics from ancient times believed in an oral tradition and they didn't write anything down. So a lot of what we have is transcribed from Christians who weren't always playing nice in these times. So there's a lot of speculation on exactly what it is but we will be getting into this in later episodes. I just wanted to mention it because the ideas presented here are going to lead us into a lot of different things. And I think maybe we'll try to do like some connected episodes and see how it works out. Um, I know the Crowley episode that I have is going to already be pretty long. And that's just pretty much his history. That's not even really any of the tenets of his religion or really anything like that just sort of what he did and who he was and i also know that we're gonna have some more hindu um 
topics coming up as well. We're going to be talking about um, Buddhism as well, the path of the Bodhisattva, and yeah, I don't know, guys. Anyways. So, I'm thinking that I need an outro, but I haven't got one yet. Still something more to work on, I guess. For today, this is just our little outro, and I just want to say thanks for listening. Um, Sorry about the weird volume levels on this episode. I don't know how to normalize it any further yet. I'm still kind of learning some more editing stuff from YouTube, so uh, hopefully that gets better in the future. Um, that's all I got, guys. I hope everything is going great for you guys out there in wherever you are. This is...